0: Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by this is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to Hallow.com slash
0: breadbox. So take me to the fountain by I seek. It's well now. In- I
1: Welcome right. to Liturgy Live for the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time. And uh, my name is Alana Berg, and with me, as always, is Father Ian Van Heusen, giving me a hard time for a second in. So it's going to be a good week, you can tell.
0: Oh, yeah, a absolutely.
1: Feisty, you're frozen.
0: No, no, it's, it's it should be back again. Oh. it will just still be back in a second.
1: Okay.
0: It was just uh, the uh, the internet. It was it was on. I got to get that little thingy fixed. Mm. It's just got to get a new cable, but um, I'll have to work on that. Dude, uh, the right now crazy thing is Newman is like in complete disarray. We have so many things like going on at once. It's kind of fun, but it's kind of a little crazy. Like all my offices and everything, new furniture, all kinds of stuff. Woo-hoo. All right, let's Ever- jump into the readings. We're going to be talking about leprosy, right? Everybody's yep. favorite leprosy disease. Everything. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to have to talk about coronavirus, aren't we? Uh,
1: everything's Everyone's favorite thing to talk about. Except corona. for not really, that's sarcasm.
0: We're... I yeah, I haven't talked about Corona in a while. All right, go ahead, man.
1: All right. From Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if someone has skin on, on his skin, a scab of, or postural or blotch, which appears to be a, the sore of leprosy, He shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out loud, unclean, unclean. As long as the sore on him is is on him, he shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. Okay. So quickly, this is from the beginning of the chapter 13 of Leviticus and at the very end of the chapter. So in the middle, what they don't drone on about is exactly what it means and how do you diagnose Um, what leprosy is. And it covers a multiple different. It's not just what leprosy is that we know as a diagnosis, but also different types of skin issues. Um, Yeah. That we, we would call something else. So it has a yeah. multiple, it covers multiple different things.
0: Yeah, and so there's a few ideas. This wasn't simply medical, but it was also in terms of sanctity that um, disease is is a sign of 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 it's it's not sanctity in the sense of um, Ho- personal uh, of a per- personal holiness, but more um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the evil that, that is disease, which is interesting right now. I, don't, I meet many people. Uh, that the, the problem of evil doesn't just touch moral evil so that there's different kinds of evil there's uh, mm-hmm. physical evil um decay things like that mm-hmm. evil is a deprivation of a good and i think it, it's interesting this language um is very foreign to modern audiences because when we think of evil we tend to think of just moral evil and even then it's really like really bad mm-hmm. moral evil like mm-hmm. Um, I was I was uh, it was funny i was I was watching I've been reading watching a lot of the atheists um Christopher Hitchens and um, Sam Harrison. And I'm gonna be doing some maybe some content addressing that. But the thing that struck me about their perception of moral evil is that they they really like they don't get the idea that moral evil is bad for them and this is kind of the the interesting thing about modern humans. we only tend to think of things as evil if they're really, really bad like and the one way one catholic is like everybody goes to heaven unless you're a hitler and then but see part of part of now this is part of the, the old testament law was to train the israelites on the nature of goodness and evil but also to understand the nature of um being set apart now of course we're not saying that necessarily that this is Um, this is a fault, an individual fault on the person who has the disease. And I don't think that's the way the old Testament saw it, but it's a recognition that things are not the way that they should be. And, and that's kind of a a key part of it was so, but it's so funny, the whole quarantine thing. I remember, I mean, I talked about this before, before COVID-19, I remember when I was a kid and they would teach about this and they'd be like, well, back in the day, kids, they were very stupid people and they felt like you had to quarantine sick people for for years and months on end it's like and then covid <laughs> hits and i haven't heard anybody say that recently like well kids <laughs> yeah. we were wrong <laughs> but um but so there there's uh, there's the the health but this the thing is is it's not an either or it's not it's not either the, the old testament prescriptions are simply for health or they're religious or they're what they call uh, related to the worship in the temple. Um, Cause this is tied to um, the, there's many other things that disqualify you from coming into the temple. So one of them is infectious diseases. Right. Um, there's, 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 and, a, there's other criteria.
1: And part of it also is because it is a sign of Like closeness to death which is one of the prescriptions about being close to god and like the prescriptions about like blood and so it's not just that particular open source like most open source couldn't you know enter the tent enter the temple so it it's very specific in in terms of of that like it has nothing to do with personality or personal sin like you were saying it has a lot to do with like what is our fallen condition mean and how close can you get to the tabernacle in that Mm -hmm. condition?
0: Absolutely. Um, And I think part of the whole old Testament law is to draw our attention to the reality of evil and sin and uncleanliness so that when Christ comes, his lesson, uh, this is, this is something that a lot of people um scholars do not like but it's the traditional christian view which is the old testament has to be read in the light of christ so when 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 moses was given this law god did it with the plan of salvation in mind that jesus would come and heal lepers so the this is god's foreknowledge and and things like that which i've been Mm -hmm. praying about a lot did i tell you about my experience in puerto rico um, no, we no. Okay. Very much. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit. Um, one of the things that I had a great insight, um, there's three Bible passages uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking about more. Um, and some content is, um, I would summarize it in two simple ways, but that it was in a deeper way. I realized that God had a plan, that there's always a plan. God's in charge. So three things, and that all things work to the good for those who believe. So nothing, nothing hugely dramatic, but I mean, but when you realize those three things, mm-hmm. when they permeate your consciousness, it's incredibly transforming. And right. when I was meditating on Aquinas on predestination, which I won't get into. because mm-hmm. um, it, it would take, it takes a book to explain. I mean, I've yeah. read a book on it. Um, so, and even then it's very hard to understand. I've been, I've been reflecting on this now for like a year um, yeah. since the whole lockdown started. Um Actually, since Divine Mercy Sunday,
1: I love how like when we understand, like when something clicks, and we like understand the simple things a little bit more profoundly. Like it's like we've heard that over and over and over again in our lives. You know, the three things you just said. I'm like, uh huh.
0: Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah,
1: like yes, but like when you like feel that as the truth, like in a deeper way, that's like yes, like like now I feel like I understand it more deeply, even though there's no way to under, fully understand. Right. Yeah.
0: Like yeah, exactly. It's, it's
1: a mystery, but it's also when you're, when you're allowed to just feel that belief a little bit deep, deeper, it's like, wow, that's profound. You know?
0: I, and I, I, I hesitate to say feeling. I, I mean, you're right. Yep. It, like an intuitive grasp, like a right. grass that it extends all the way into, and it almost becomes like reflective. So like today, What was it? Um, Something happened that could just could just normally would just kind of ruffle my feathers. And I'm generally pretty good about not um, showing my emotions, but something ruffled my feathers. and I thought to myself, this is all part of the plan. This is all part of God's providence. God has willed this for my good. He's allowed this to happen for my good. All things work to the good for those who believe. And that instantly calmed my emotions, you know? Right. Like, but, and, but, but it become reflective to reflect on that truth. That's been, and I'm not saying you should pray with that. I'm saying this is what right. I've been praying with. Yeah.
1: Right. But, it, but how fruitful it is. And, you know, when I say when we feel, and like I just don't have any other word to describe. Yeah. Like the, the, like depth of understanding, like it, it brings forth the idea of a feeling, even though it's not an emotion.
0: Yeah. And actually the, I, I just sent this because I was just, I was, I've been talking a lot about this experience with a good friend of mine. And I sent him this quote from Bonaventure. And I think this summarizes well, what what, what I was trying to get at before and what you're kind of trying to get at. It is impossible therefore for anyone to achieve this understanding unless he for, first receives the gift of faith in Christ. This faith is the foundation of the whole Bible, a lamp and a key to its understanding. As long as our earthly state keeps us from seeing the Lord, this faith is the firm basis of all supernatural enlightenment, the light guiding us to it and the doorway through which we enter upon it. So he's getting at this. I love the word enlightenment because it's related to the intellect, not the emotions, which is the mm-hmm. will. It's like the the truth seeps into your deepest parts of your psyche slash intellect.
1: Right. And then the, but also we are one body and soul. So like there does come a piece, right. That we can feel in our, in our bodies it that orders our know? emotions. Yes. Yes. So the like,
0: intellect and the will are tied the, right. the will, the, the motions are, ori- and this is one of the things that most people don't get. I, I, I got wrong earlier Um, for years of my pre early in my priesthood and seminary, you focus on processing your emotions and emotional intelligence but then I started to realize that filling your intellect, I mean, of course, in seminary, your, your intellect is constantly being filled. But as a priest, I became more aware of this, that when you're when you're reflecting on truth, even if it doesn't seem immediately tied to your daily life, it illuminates. And actually, I started to understand your whole joy in discovering the archetypes in the Old Testament, because there's that contemplative look, just gazing upon the truth of it that orders your emotions and Creates harmony in the, intellect, mm-hmm. in the intellect and the will,
1: right? So in that way, that's what kind of what I mean by f- you feel the depth. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's almost impossible not to.
0: Yeah, intu- I think I, yeah. intuition might be right because in, intuition relates to the intellect, yeah. feeling more of the will, but yeah. but like a deeper a deeper awareness. Now I mm-hmm. will say that going back to our original point. So when we read this Old Testament. Jesus violates this law and in a certain sense, he crosses this boundary and and to, to read them as being that like the law was bad and Jesus is like correcting the law is not proper understanding of grace and God's foreknowledge. God mm-hmm. created this law with the sense that Jesus would break it and lead to a greater fulfillment that goes beyond the law mm-hmm. to teach us and that like that's yeah
1: i also feel like the law was created for a specific reason but what was there a law that said don't serve these people or was there just a fear of well I, I think i think
0: i mean well it's like right now with it's like right now with covid um so with the pandemic um the the, the like uh I'm trying to think, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm thinking of an example that doesn't reveal too much of like insider baseball. Cause there's a few ideas that popped in my mind. I'm like, I don't think I should talk about that. Um, so, uh, so the classic example is there's the Bishop in Brooklyn who um he, he reached out and helped somebody who was on the side of the road, who was coughing and he got COVID from the person. I would say generally as a rule, if somebody's coughing and hacking and like, you should probably take proper precautions and maybe not like go over and hug the person. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if somebody's coughing and hacking, like, Hey, I'm showing symptoms. I think I, I, and and this is like, I don't want to get into my complete feelings about COVID-19. I think there's many layers of stuff, but just, I think one thing we can all agree with is if you have a running nose, you're showing symptoms, like you shouldn't go up and hug people or people shouldn't go up and hug you. They should take precautions just for the sake of what the whole thing we're in now that being said there might be a situation where you have to transcend that law that you have to reach out you have to hold somebody so like i would say to somebody you know if like if your loved one is coughing and hacking and they're afraid and they're alone i i don't know that you should keep your distance and be afraid i think the emotional needs the spiritual needs of the person transcend the risk of death I think that's and that's kind of the greater truth that Jesus points to. There's a certain right. hierarchy and values. Right,
1: and I and I think that that might have. I don't know if that's, I don't know Leviticus or or the law enough to say like God also calls us to serve the needy. You know what I mean? Those who are suffering. Right. I feel like it probably does. Maybe not specifically
0: lepers. But that, but, it's, but it's 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 you gotta. I think here's the challenge. The Bible says a lot, right. and. And there's very few people who've mastered the whole dang thing. I mean, this is where Jesus, he teaches the essence of what the law was oriented towards in his person. And he, and he, he builds a layer on it that, that no human could, it's hard to, it's hard to put all the pieces together. Now, once you, once you are illuminated by Jesus Christ, it becomes obvious. You're like, Oh, this is, but even then people don't realize like the good Samaritan is another example of a teaching that when you understand the law, you're like, oh, Jesus was making a pretty deep point.
1: Yes. And and also, I think that when we see the law through the lawmaker, who is Christ, right? Yeah. He is the word. He, he is yeah. the inspiration mm-hmm. for the law that we see acted out what he meant mm-hmm. instead of more of a human tri-
0: kind of Tradition. understand and tradition yeah. or well, and think about it with the pharisees and the scribes it's like it's like priests and bishops right now i mean uh, set aside politics just on a natural level if this shocks you i'm sorry but you maybe you need to mature a little bit is there's competent bishops there's incompetent bishops there's competent priests there's incompetent priests there's some mm-hmm. priests who really don't know the bible that well there's some that know it great there's some people that had great training some bad training and so jesus walks in and Maybe some of these scribes and Pharisees—they were just—they—they they had a, a particular interpretation when it came to the Sabbath and these things. And if they—if—if if like they were really illuminated by truth, they would understand the deeper principles. Because mm-hmm. I, I would say, once you know Jesus, like we were saying, you see yeah. it all there. You're like, oh, like J- Jesus doesn't say anything that's not found in the scriptures,
1: right? Which is why, because when you said the words that he broke the law, I—I I wouldn't use those words. I guess and well, he it, transcended the law.
0: Because, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's breaking the law in the sense of it's like speeding. Like if, if you're in an ambulance, the ambulance is allowed to speed, right? They're, they're right. technically breaking the law, but you, I get your saying they are yeah. well,
1: just, you know, for a case of scandal. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> joking, <laughs> But um, just yeah. because like Christ transcends the law. Yeah, In, And he is outside of, you know, like he is all powerful. So some things that restrict us don't necessarily restrict him, but also his understanding of the law is so much greater than our understanding of the law that to us, it may seem like breaking and to him it's fulfill, You know, it is fulfilling,
0: but this is, I mean, we all have the same authority of Christ I mean, we're called to be other Christ. And I would say we have to understand the proper orientation of the law and and, and and the moral law the civil law um this is right now it's interesting in america we have this hyper vigilance about the law but we don't understand law within the context of hierarchy of values um this way okay so i will talk about this so one of the problems we're having right now is getting into anointing people who have covid and and so one of the things that's thrown out there is that um they have the rule, which is essentially a law that they've created internally, and that they have to apply it equally to everyone in all circumstances. It's a very Kantian view of the law, whereas really the the classical mind with the law is the law is to be interpreted in circumstances for the good for the higher goods. Law is ordered towards the good. It's not a it's not self contained. Whereas Kant is the law is. It's completely self-contained. It should be applicable in all circumstances in every situation. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Right. And whenever you talk about moral theology, you know, you always make sure to, you know, it's not just the act and the intent, but it's also the circumstance. Right. So, so I'm just bringing it back, you know, to, to when we used to talk about that. It's the law is being applied only to the act and there's yeah. no intent or circumstance uh, exactly. that, is, that is being applied to it.
0: Yeah, um, and This is also the, the enlightenment. Well, most people don't realize there's two sides of modernism. There's the romantic, which I'm going to get into with Rousseau, which is more the touchy feely, the artistic, the Shelley, uh, the, the, the Frankenstein by um, Mary Shelley. That's really the romantic, the, the poets, the artists. And then there's the philosophers like Kant, and Descartes and Kant is a particular model of this where Descartes was Kant was very suspicious of of the emotions the intuitive he wanted everything to be black and white reason um and you actually see this tendency with like Sam Harris where Sam Harris says it, we can discover everything by the scientific method everything can be determined by reason alone um that's the, that was the spirit of Descartes and Kant and um yeah
1: yeah, and we're feeling the effects. It's a shockwave.
0: <laughs> yeah, Um, it's. I mean, uh, there's a, there's almost like a bipolar sense in, in in modernism, where I mean, on one hand, people are very much all about the feelings and the intuitive, and then on the other hand, you know, the, the like the sign says science is real, you know, kind of stuff.
1: Are mm. you ready for some com- for a comment?
0: Oh yeah, man do we do we spur some comments? I could we have me.
1: so Susan Coyle and. Oh, but Joy Reyes gave us hearts. Um, cool. And thank Susan Coyle also says, thank God we are not labeled unclean for all the leprosies we hold on to. Unwilling to separate from the leprosy that we get accustomed to. That's maybe unwilling to believe we are lovable or for, forgivable. Or maybe we are the one who labels ourselves unclean. Yeah. so it's
0: interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting dynamic is like, I think that touches on something. I think that's like a more spiritual reading of it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a fascinating dynamic with, with, with modern people. We are trained our whole life that God is love and mercy. Like this is a pretty universal teaching that, um, that actually most people agree on like the idea that God loves all of us. And in this kind of radical sense, um, we're, we're trained to focus on love and mercy. And yet when we sin, it's like that teaching is insufficient to teach us God's mercy and uh, the power of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I think there's almost a process like we have to first recognize evil, that evil exists and that evil exists in my heart and that I'm capable of evil. Before we can fully embrace that we've been forgiven, um, and I'm not saying that this needs to be an intellectual conversation about the nature of evil or things like that. I think more intuitively, like th- that I've been forgiven. Um, I think right. that 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 I've been redeemed and forgiven because there's something about it. Because there is this whole dynamic that, um, like with spiritual direction, with therapy and things like that. But I don't do therapy. I do spiritual direction and, and counseling. That I do encounter people from time to time. Who've been raised on a steady diet of like touchy feely, God is love, but they can't accept it because of the. It's like the evil. Like they they've experienced mm-hmm. evil. They know evil exists, and it's like they have to. They have to first recognize that evil exists before mm-hmm. they can. And this is. I mean, I'm getting this also from Saint Ignatius and the exercises right. and Saint Alphonsus Ligori in traditional teaching.
1: I think also we've we've visited this in the past where it comes to we also must understand justice. Yeah. And and to be able to hold justice and mercy together like in par- in a paradoxical like um way where it kind of pushes against each other, you know, for yeah. holding it in tension is the tension swords I was looking for. Um in order to like really understand like what we should have paid for our sin and mm-hmm. what we are what we are given, right? So we exactly. can understand the mercy that God has given us. So if we just keep hearing mercy, 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 you're forgiven, you're forgiven, for you're forgiven, it doesn't counterbalance our understanding of like, what does that mean? What should, did we earn? What did we really earn? <laughs> you know, yeah. in our in our sinfulness and and and
0: letting you know, you know, you know yeah, words. going back, I mean, I think tie this in with development psychology, um, mm-hmm. parents, right? One of the one of the things that's most disturbing i found with kids who have unbalanced parents is that their parents are not just so i've seen two things i know one guy one guy i talked with he struggled he 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 struggled with his image of god not because he he had an abusive parent or that he was punished a lot but because he wasn't punished Like he, he had a hard time understanding what justice was Mm -hmm. and, and, and understanding as extension, understanding mercy that he'd been forgiven. And then Mm -hmm. there's some people where their parents, and this is the classic one where people struggle with their relationship with God is their parents are inconsistent. Right? So like I've, I've talked about this a lot in spiritual direction where somebody encounters their parents being profoundly unjust. That is like most kids actually, believe it or not, most kids can accept being punished for things that they did that they know are wrong. In fact, I think it's incredibly important that kids be punished in the sense of, you know, timeouts. I'm not saying like beat your kids, something like that. Right. I'm just saying like normal discipline, mm-hmm. but when your kid does something wrong and there's a just punishment, that's not over the top. And it's not right. like, doesn't destroy their whole world. Right. That's you just, healthy.
1: You just take away the chargers.
0: What's that?
1: I said just take away their chargers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or they take away their phones. I mean, that's why, yeah. actually, that's the beauty yeah. of having them addicted to their phones, right? Because then you can withdraw it as like a The function. only
1: thing that works It's like, and <laughs> no screen time.
0: <laughs> and now you must sit and read a book. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yep. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of coping during, during <laughs> COVID 19. Yeah. Uh, but but um, it's real. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, punish, so just, yeah, the punishments. Yeah, go keep going. Sorry.
0: But that's what I would say is is the law is just. What we read in Leviticus is just. And God He He to, 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 to experience God's mercy, you have to first recognize His justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's a
1: big part, it's a big part of that because most in the last 30, 40 years, it's been mercy, 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 which is good, right? Which is necessary. That we need to understand God's mercy, but justice has been um, left to misunderstanding and not mm-hmm. talked about at all. So it's it's not that it has it has been um, like left in its right place in understanding. It's, it hasn't at all. It has been left in misunderstanding and then not brought forth. With the mercy, right? So yeah. it hasn't developed organically into into this greater understanding.
0: Well, I, I, think, I think what it was was the problem with the, uh, when we explain love and mercy and we emphasize it in a certain way, we don't get at its radical quality. Like right now, Christ was touching people with contagious diseases. Right now, that is one of the most radical things you could do. That's like if you're in the COVID unit, you're touching people, you're taking off your mask, you're breaking down the barriers, and you're physically interacting with them—maybe holding them, or kissing them, or touching Mm -hmm. them—and that right there will trigger ninety percent of our population, even people who are devout. But that's precisely what Jesus did.
1: Right. That's the
0: that's the radical nature, and yeah,
1: it's scandalous love, like not in a way scandalous as in like evil, but it, it's reckless it, love. Like reckless the song.
0: Like <laughs> I, I, I was, I was in the I was in the middle of the pandemic and I said, it's like God's love is reckless. And I was like, oh, there's that song. I, I love like, this so song.
1: So cliche, but real. <laughs> like, that's what it's like when I don't like when like real truth gets cliche. Cause then it's like, no, I can't say it. Oh, it's without a great song.
0: Don't, I don't I, I, think it's a they're bad just song. negative. There's just negative negative people in this world that they well, they yes. just hate they you know it's like it's like tom brady man i mean yeah.
1: well negative. what they can't what they can't condemn they um you know make fun of what yeah. what if the evil one can't you know like can like yeah. just be like that's bad then they make fun of it to make people turn away so that's part of you know
0: yeah there was that that, that reckless love. it's just it's inevitable if a song is really popular Somebody's yeah. got to be like, it's wrong. I mean, it's just, just right. human nature.
1: There's I prayed some... Jesus take the wheel once. It worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. Take well, yeah. Wheel. yeah, but I mean, but it's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I have a question. There's a question yeah. here. Yeah. Shoot. Steve Schneider says, can you elaborate on the idea that forgiveness does not mean escape from punishment?
0: Um. Oh. Huh. that's interesting. Did I say that? Forgiveness is it? Um, let's see. Forgiveness doesn't mean escape from punishment. Well, uh, so so let's talk about strictly like let's go like nerdy theological for a second and try to build oh, the relationship. Go there. So when you experience uh, forgiveness in the sacrament of confession, sacramental absolution, uh, assuming that you either have attrition or contrition. So if you Confess your sins simply because you're afraid of going to hell. That is attrition. And that is sufficient for salvation and sufficient for forgiveness. That's a point that often gets missed. So you don't have to have the best intentions. You just be afraid of going to hell. And that Mm -hmm. suffices. Contrition is sorrow for sins based on the love of God so that you've offended the one that you love. That's contrition. So we make that distinction. When you receive sacramental absolution, you um, whether you have attrition or contrition, you no longer have the eternal punishments due to sin, assuming the sin is mortal. If it's venial, it doesn't have eternal punishments. So if it's a mortal sin, there's the eternal punishments and the temporal punishments. You can think about this either legally or psychologically. Um, the psychological is a little bit more of a modern take on it, but I think they integrate and pair well. The, the legal side is that when you commit a sin, you earn a certain amount of punishment and that, and there's the eternal punishment and the temporal punishment. Um, and that that can be a little bit hard to wrap your mind around especially if you're not acquainted with that kind of legal understanding of things. So th- another way to think of it is you're you're forgiven the eternal punishment's due to sin. You are in a state of grace when you've been forgiven, but the wounds of sin, the 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 baggage, the the disorders that the sin causes within your heart, the attachments those have to be healed after you've experienced uh, the, the forgiveness for the eternal punishment.
1: Does mm-hmm.
0: that make sense? That yeah.
1: that does make sense. And that kind of reminds me of the unbound stuff yep.
0: you talk about. Yep, um, yep. So, so, so you can be forgiven sacramentally, but then you need to have healing around the thought traps, the, the and that's where therapy, um, mm-hmm. spiritual direction, unbound St. John Paul, the healing center, sister mm-hmm. Miriam's work.
1: Right. And also in terms of escape from punishment, um, it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily escape from purgatorial punishment, from the cleansing. Yep. If you do not do that here through penance, through healing, um, then you possibly probably will do it in
0: purgatory. Exactly, um, And you can and- think of that psychologically as well, that the wounds of mm-hmm. sin that are not healed and redeemed in this world, they they have to be healed in life to come.
1: Right. And um, he says, thank you. So I I think maybe we, we answered his question, but I also think that temporally forgiveness does not necessarily mean that you don't pay the, the punishment, like, you know, what you owe for the the crime that was done, especially if it's judicially um, dealt with, right. If it's actually done through the justice system and you, the person forgives uh, you. you Your sin
0: overlaps with committing an actual crime.
1: Right. and, and, and they still have to serve the time, but um, the person can be forgiven. Yeah, you know. So,
0: well, there's a principle in the laws that when when the person is more penitent and more likely to reform, that 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 the the, the punishment is less severe as well. Which I think right. has a nice dovetail, which is mercy, the tied with mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We have
1: cool. another comment. So Susan Coyle says, "Believing in the father's love was difficult if your father." Uh, abused you but it's worth pursuing and finally accepting
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah and that's that's um it's
1: a lot of father wounds and mother wounds yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i've it had a lot it. of intense experiences with that um i was i was talking once with a person in spiritual direction and actually no i don't think i should share this one i'll give it 10 years before i share that one but that's um good. but yeah all right let's go to the next reading all right which is going to be a completely different direction. Cause we're hearing from St. Paul. Is it Romans yeah. we've been listening to first Corinthians Corinthians. First. That's right. We've been hearing from Corinthians. I was reading Romans over the vacation. That's why mm-hmm. Romans is on the brain. So
1: from first Corinthians brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God, avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I tried to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So,
0: And this is in the context in Corinthians. Do you want to give context or do you want me to? You go ahead. So one of the the, the things he was dealing with was meat sacrifice to idols. I believe it's either before or after. I'm pretty sure it's before. Um, I don't know if we've heard about it on Sunday, but I I was just reading Corinthians. After I got done with Romans, I started reading Corinthians. Um, So he's dealing with this idea of meat sacrifice to idols. And what he's saying is, is he says, is that like hypothetically, not hypothetically, but he said, You can eat meat sacrificed to idols because we know that in Christ these things have no. Like, and this is, this is going to be a little bit controversial, but if somebody hands you a cursed item and you're a baptized Christian and you've been going to confession, like me as a priest, if somebody says, I put a curse on you and I'm giving you this cursed item, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to like keep it and cherish it, but I don't have anything to fear from that. Like, that has no power over me um, because of Christ. Now, what he gets into though is that if it violates your conscience, then, then you have in fact committed sin. This is where one of the key teachings on conscience. So like if I pick up something that's cursed and I believe it in my conscience to have power over me, then then there is a certain sense that that I have committed a sin if I'm accepting that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and, and that but with the food and the eating and drinking, he says, it's good to avoid these things because... You might cause scandal to others. And the classic, a very practical example, anybody who's worked in low-income ministry or have worked in low-income neighborhoods, you have to be very careful about your consumption of alcohol around low-income people. Um, I remember I was once with uh, a seminarian who came from a low, low-income background. I was having a beer, and he said to me, it was a very revealing moment, he said, well, you know, everybody likes to get drunk from time to time. I said, wait, pause. I'm not getting drunk. Like, I'm I'm having one beer, Maybe after an hour, I'll have a second beer, but I'm not getting drunk. There's a difference between drinking in moderation and drinking to excess. But among certain populations, that that, that distinction is not very prevalent. So like a lot of people who do low income ministry, like the Jesuits, um, when they're doing ministry to uh, the Native Americans up in um, North Dakota uh, or South Dakota, which one of the others they have a rule that they have no alcohol on the reservation in their houses. Um, so what they do is, is if they want to have a beer, there's a Jesuit house that's off the reservation. So they will have dinner with those Jesuits and they can have a beer then, but when they're on the reservation, because the, the, the native Americans have such a problem with alcohol that it's completely scandalous to them to see a priest drink. Like, mm-hmm. cause they, they have, and they, they struggle with this idea of drinking in moderation, particularly on the reservation. Mm-hmm. That makes sense
1: yeah so live live so that you don't um, bring others to sin yeah.
0: and, the and way Paul puts it is that you're, you''re you're not a stumbling block to your brother right um, the-
1: which is a very inter- different like you said a totally different direction from where we were going in yeah you know where Christ was doing something that would was considered scandalous right he was yeah. he touching people who yeah. are lepers um, so it's a really it's really about discernment. It's yeah. really about who am I called to be in this moment and and out of that, what am I called to do? Uh,
0: and you hit um, it well, object, circumstances and intent. Mm-hmm. The object may be fine, it may be allowable. Mm-hmm. the intent might be good, but the circumstances might you know right like right. if you have if you you have a bunch of alcoholics staying at your place, and it may be totally fine for you to have a beer, but for them, right it sends them on a, a tailwind. Right. Yeah.
1: Either if they're if they stay sober, but then they have, you know, like created that internal mental, you know, yeah. not evil towards you, but like negativity and then not accepting word, your word, like if you're trying to evangelize, or, you know, like, yeah, it's, there's a men, there's sometimes there there's actually like downfall where they actually can go into sin or they resist it and then like no longer like want to receive from you the good
0: yeah there's
1: that boundary that is put up
0: yeah and all this is of course a matter of discernment and prudence it's within reason Mm -hmm. um i mean there comes a point where i'm like you know i drink in moderation so if somebody's like it just depends it depends on the circumstances Mm -hmm. you you have to discern your sir this is a, uh, a, a priest in the south there and uh I think i I don't agree with this completely, but there is some truth in it, um especially in the older generations in the past. There was generally an understanding among priests in my diocese that you should try to avoid buying alcohol in clerics um because of this in the south. Southern Baptists have very strong views about alcohol um i I kind of i i don't I don't go by that I do buy alcohol and clerics so i I don't worry about it mm-hmm. but um Actually, I do that more in Greenville so that people don't wonder. Because I mean everybody kind of knows who I am. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well then it's that.
1: like, why are you here buying alcohol not in clerics? Because then That's, it seems like you're trying to hide it. Exactly. You know, so it's so it's really the circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On 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 like why why do we do this? Because like in Italy, al- like having wine. Moderate in moderation is their culture, yeah. You know, so if people were having, you know, it happens in Italy,
0: it's totally acceptable to have a glass of wine with lunch.
1: it's acceptable to go into the cafe that's also a bar and have a glass of i've seen people go in and get a glass of wine in the morning like it's just acceptable but if you have a cappuccino afternoon not acceptable okay get it right no cappuccinos afternoon that's a breakfast drink Uh,
0: i've heard i've heard heard that when when americans do that 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 really yeah they're like
1: they don't like it stupid
0: americanos
1: but they don't have a problem with with wine because it's just part of the culture. Yeah. And the the people who get in trouble for drinking in that culture are the Americans, like you know, living over there. Like the Americans are the ones who drank too much because it, what they aren't used to that culture of like you just have this much and you enjoy the company. It's about enjoying mm-hmm. the company. It's not about enjoying the alcohol, um, which our culture is different. <laughs> You know, yeah. people want to enjoy the alcohol. <laughs>
0: yeah, so. absolutely, that makes sense.
1: You ready to get really quick into the?
0: Yeah, let's jump into. We gospel. should have. We kind of were talking about before we jump into it. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. I'm just gonna <clears throat> from
0: Mark. I feel like we're gonna be hearing about lepers for like the next forever. Yeah, because I mean, Mark's gospel the majority of it is like healings. healings. But go ahead.
1: Maybe we need that this year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe no God point. knows. <laughs>
0: Well, it's all part of the plan, by the way.
1: That's right, for so. His glory. I keep, I just keep praying, like Lord, it's better be good glory, like for real.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, "If you wish, you can make me clean." Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, "I do will it. Be made clean." The leprosy left him immediately. And he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed, that it would be proof for them. Mm -hmm. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places and people kept coming to him from everywhere. Okay. Cool. So, you know, authority of Christ.
0: You know, I do wonder what this makes they call it the messianic secret where he tells him not to reveal his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we know going back, that was all part of the plan. Right. So mm-hmm. like Jesus knew that he knew the man's heart, but I think there is something about it where um, I think people focus on miracles in the extreme and they don't recognize the teaching. So I had a case um, I've had, uh, Actually, I'll just generalize. That. I want to talk about this one case. Um, there, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that get hung up on miracles and prophecies and apparitions. It's like that's not the core of Jesus's teaching. The, the, what we really need to focus on to grow is the virtues, the beatitudes, the moral teaching, the teaching on discipleship. If you have a vision, great. But even I love Saint John the Cross because when you teach Saint John the Cross to some of these folks, it really, it really they they struggle with it. What Saint John the Cross said. Ignore the visions and or, or ignore the locutions. If, if God had a plan for them, he will reveal it, but don't, don't get attached to it. Now mm-hmm. I think, I think Teresa of Avila balanced it a little bit more. I think she, I, I can't remember the book. I should have written down the quote, but she, cause I remember when I read it, I was thinking, oh, she said the opposite of Saint John of the Cross. And they're kind of friends, but mm-hmm. she said more practice, discernment and prudence with visions and locutions. Um, so by the way, locutions are, are audio um, audio revelations by God. So like Mm. a word or a phrase, but, but where they both agree is there's no vision or locution that is not contained within scripture. Everything is contained within scripture. So you could have, God could reveal to you the the greatest glory. and, And if you were trying to put it in words, your words should come close to what's in scripture, if not identical. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Like what you just experienced last week
0: yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah i mean that's kind of because i was talking about with my spiritual director and uh because he he he, he was, it was pretty funny i mean I, I lo- you gotta love it when you have like a, with the with spiritual direction with some people um it, it can be startling this early on with spiritual direction you don't do this with people but good spiritual directors if they feel that you're more mature they kind of challenge you like well well let me poke holes in this what how are you, how are you not being delusional is what he said. How is there not self delusion in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, you know, really, and I, I kind of laid it out, I said, really, as a, I had this kind of mountaintop experience, but when I, when I reflected on it and tried to put it in words, it was nothing original. Like none mm-hmm. of it was original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I
1: remember a few years ago, we were having a conversation that you were like talking about how you were so excited about like, just, Knowing this and then and you wrote it out and it was we should love one another as Christ loved us.
0: Exactly. That's the classic example "Um, I give.
1: I knew this. (laughs) 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 But like experiencing it as like Just, yeah. So I just, I love those moments because it's like, yes. And then everyone else is like, yes, we've heard that in our entire lives. But it's like, but you're
0: like, no, you don't understand. Like Uh, for real, we need to do this. (laughs) Well, I, my sister reminded me, I didn't, I, I, I remember doing this a little bit, but one time I don't know, I don't even remember my dream. I don't remember what I did. I kind of woke up halfway into the conversation. I woke up in the middle of the night and I called my sister and I said, Tressa, God is love. She's like, what? I just had to an experience in a dream. God is love. She's like, Ian, uh-huh. go back to bed. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, not God.
1: original but profound. When it <laughs> touches your heart, like when God touches your heart, it's like profound. But yeah. then when you say it, it's like we know this, <laughs> but we do we know it? You know what I mean? Like we need to allow it to touch our hearts so that yeah. we can be. Excited about, you know, what is love? We're gonna be excited about love one another. We're gonna be excited about, you know, all of this will work towards the good.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's like all things work to the good. Yeah, I pulled up three quotes based on my relay. Let me pull them up. I I, one was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through fourteen. For I know well the plans that I have in mind for you, plans for your welfare, not for woe, so as to give you a a future of hope. Right, we've heard that. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work to the good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Psalm 139 actually really struck me because I've been reading this for years with the liturgy of the hours. um, But this was like the one that was like, oh my goodness, how did I not like have recognized this before? Even before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. Behind and before you encircle me and rest your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. For too, for too lofty for me to reach. Where can I go from your Spirit? From your presence, where can I flee? If I send to the heavens, you are there. If I lie down in Sheol, you are there. If I take to the wings of the dawn and dwell upon the sea, even there, let me go down. Let me go, Let me skip ahead. I praise you because I'm wonderfully made, wonderful in your works. My very self, you know, my bones are not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, fashioned in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed in your book are all written down. My days were shaped before one came to be right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. God has a plan. I mean, yep. he has a plan for your life. Um, Yeah. Do you have any other comments? Uh, let me look. But I mean, like I said, I mean, I mean, I've been praying with that Psalm, like one Psalm 139 for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then like it never, I just, oh yeah. Yeah. God has a plan. Yeah. Yada, yada. Yeah. Oh God has a
1: plan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like He's actually, in We get
1: to a point also like with all of the chaos that it's like, why? Oh Lord. You know what I mean? And then that's when it can be like, I have a plan. Yeah. You know, this will work towards the good. Like, I know it's hard to see past the chaos. Yeah. And I feel like learning, like homeschooling and doing all of the, um, we're learning about Rome and it's just like learning about the human condition in history. And I'm just like, nothing has changed. Except for we are redeemed. Why has nothing changed? Like, that's my frustration with the, like the culture yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, I want to see the goodness.
0: By the way, by way this is, is in the Lord. Psalms too. Why, oh Lord, why did the right. ways of the wicked prosper? You know.
1: Yeah. And and how long, oh Lord? You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, long? Like, how long? But um, like Psalm 144 is the one that that's been... good for me it's like praise be the lord my rock who chains trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle he's my loving god and my fortress and my stronghold and my deliverer my shield in whom i take refuge who subdues people underneath under me so it's like i love that visual who trains my hands for war my fingers for battle because it just reminds me of the rosary yeah you know like weapons of Spiritual warfare. So
0: absolutely, I can. Yeah.
1: Another one. I don't remember what number it is. Uh, because I read the um, I pray the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and the there's one in the beginning of the week that it's it's for His love endures forever, and you know because it's love endures forever.
0: Oh, the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary has psalms in it. I I have never. Really oh, read Oh yeah, them.
1: it's it's almost it's very close to the liturgy of the hours. It's cool. just doesn't. It's not as there's morning prayer and evening prayer every day and there's either or so you can have like each week can be a little bit different but the more you read it is it the, one the book it comes up. Mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like this big it's it's good though but i mean for people who are not ready for liturgy hours the, liturgy
0: of the hours i feel like it's just too complicated
1: it is there's no flippy flips there's no flipping of where do you read this thing it's like you just read it and then you, and then i mean you pray it and then you're done and it has really good inter. i like the intercessions and i like the closing prayers. Cool. Um, so
0: well, let's close. Let's me. close our prayer. Yeah. More at a time. May our uh, son the Holy spirit. Amen. Yeah. Well, heavenly father, we just ask you to pour your blessings into our lives. We pray for all who will watch or listen to this. We pray for our country as we continue to discern um, what we are called to do. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for our parishes, our ministries, our apostolates. We ask you to bless all who will watch or listen to this. And then the father, son, and the Holy spirit.
1: Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.